Hello, Ben. Hello, Victoria. How are you? I thought I'd be the first to get in there because I'm always trailing behind you. And you say it every week, you say it the same. Hello, Victoria. How are you? Are you saying I'm dull and lifeless and uninteresting? You are uninterested in how I am. Well, that might be true. <laughs> so how aren't you? I'm not I'm not I'm not terrible. I'm not awful. Oh damn. My life is not total shit. Really? I'm a, is that what you okay. like to tell people? Yeah, you know you oh, know. You're annoyingly I'm like. chipper about everything at the moment. You're really pleased with yourself. <laughs> I'm not especially pleased with myself at all. I'm thrilled at how well our podcast is doing. Well that's because we're the most to say the least. You know why we're doing well? Why are we I, doing well? We're doing well because of all the hard work you put in. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love a raspberry. It sometimes seems to be the most opportune answer. You re- you genuinely hate it when I say a nice thing to you. You actually you you thrive on being hated. Enough about that. What are we going to talk about today? And who are you? I'm <laughs> Benando. I'm a former. Uh, God, what am I now? I'm a nothing. I'm a former. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a never. I'm a has been or a never was. I'm a former BBC uh, news correspondent and crime reporter. And before that, I spent 11 years at ITN. I've also worked for Sky, Channel 4, and in, in radio as well, local and national radio. So I've been around the block a few times. You always say everything I want to say. I'm Victoria Mitzi. I'm a. <laughs> I suppose I'm like everything is a bit different with podcasting, isn't it? You're in the, in a zone, a zone, as well as the zone. So I'm in the podcast zone where things are timeless and Boy the zone. only thing that <laughs> zone, <laughs> the only thing that ricochets around is crime, grime, and slime, gritty, nitty. <laughs> You're sublime. <laughs> You're really on a roll today. I'm Victoria <laughs> Mitzi. I am a journalist of the broadcast variety. I've worked in National Radio 2. Not National Radio 2, National Radio <laughs> also. I've never worked on Radio 2, for the record. Wonderful um, radio as well. Have you, You've done Radio 2, haven't you? Yeah, I've been on Radio 2 Because you've been sent times. all over the place because you're a big shot. My, so if, you, if you're listening to radio, I mean, radio I love. Radio is my first love. I actually much prefer radio to TV. Anybody who knows me knows that. And I used to love doing Radio 4's Today programme. I used to love doing The World at One and PM. And uh, used to also really like being on Jeremy Vine on Radio 2, which happened a few times. Um, and that was always Past good as well. Past the sick bag. Past the sick bag. Blue eyes. <laughs> We've got to play the showing off jingle. Oh, yeah. What is it? <laughs> what is the showing off jingle? Is it like a, a, a round of trumpets or something? No, it goes... Did your, any, did your sibling ever say to you... Because she's older than you, isn't she? My, no, my sister's sister. younger. She's five oh, years Oh, I see. Younger. So she didn't then. What, did, what is the thing Can she I didn't say, say? If your sister is listening, uh-huh. it's not that I've met her or seen her and have guessed that in a rude fashion that she is older than you. But it's just because you behave like a baby sometimes. She will literally never forgive you for thinking that she's older than I am. <laughs> Either way, elder siblings have a way of saying stop showing off. Just when you're getting revved up and doing your sort of best star jumps in front of people. It's been a long, long running joke. You're absolutely right. It's been a long running joke between my two daughters that the eldest one always tells the youngest one to stop seeking attention. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Stop attention seeking by showing off. And what happens when the youngest one gets told that? Well, she's thrilled because she's got attention. I'm, I'm also the youngest. <laughs> You're the and youngest in, fact, in the podcast. All we're doing here is showing off. 
Oh God, that's true. So you're, I'm a show-off. You're show a massive show-off. I'm a show-off as well. I'm not a massive show-off. You're a massive show-off. I'm a huge show-off. This is the sound clash of the show-offs. Nothing gives me more joy attention. than sitting around talking about how great I am. Uh, I forgot to say the rest of it. I'm yes. a journalist and national local. I do lots of fitness because I like it, but my my bones are failing me and I wanted to talk to you about how far we could run. So we'll talk about that a bit later. Have Anyone asked- who's listening must guess right now how far Ben can run before he gets out of puff and how far I can run before I get out of puff. But I've given it away saying I'm into fitness a bit. Although I have broken I've, my foot on one side and my knee on the other side. So at the moment, my running style is somewhat akin to Quasimodo. <laughs> Quasimitzo. Are you becoming ossified? Oh, is that like um, calcified? Yeah, kind of, because osso. Uh, is bone in osso buco mm. so osso is bone so that's why we get things like osteoporosis and ossified oh, great. ossified are you wishing that on me ossified is turned to bone am i getting turned to bone i might be are you getting calcified oh quite possibly let's get learnified oh god let's, let's get crimeified baby let's get podified hey all right, so what so, are we talking about? This so today, week? what we're going to talk about is well, we're going to talk about um, uh, a, a very recent story, which is um, over the weekend the stabbings in Birmingham and the sort of the, the, the I don't know, do you want to call it the, the, the lockdown rioting? It was kind of like, you know. It sounds to me like lockdown rage, but. Um, what, yeah, are, maybe it is. That sounds, yeah. That's what it sounds like to me as well. So there's that. And, and we're also going to talk not about. Not unpredicted by YDLMF podcast, may no, I say. We did predict it, it's true. Maybe we did talk about things like this happening. And then the other. Nostradamus and Zahid Yunus, the murderer who hids the bodies of two women in a freezer. Yes, because he's been jailed for life, so more on that one. We're going to Birmingham, shall we? And okay. um, I'd like, before we go on to any detail, uh-huh. I just want to play a clip of eyewitness Kara, who was working locally. This time it was just slurs being thrown about, racial slurs. Most of it was racial slurs, which with one of the clubs I work at, it is mainly populated by black culture, Asian culture. So for racial slurs to be thrown around, it was quite rare. It was just abuse. Tonight it was, there was many races everywhere. All the clubs were multicultural, which is a shock in Arcadia due to the fact, you know, it's the music that's being played. She's wearing a rather fetching onesie. Oh, I haven't seen her wearing a fetching onesie. She's wearing a very fetching brown onesie with like a white chest piece, like like, like a rabbit suit. Either way, she's the main witness that the BBC, eyewitness that the BBC have used. And actually, it's her that says that she saw this wide-ranging spectrum of people, which for me... I just found it so... This is what made me think about what you'd predicted, actually, Ben. Now it's a bit later on in the podcast, so I'll let you take the glory for this one. She said, there were females, males, old people, young people, such a mix of people, it didn't seem real at the time. So what do you think is going on here then, Victoria? You've heard what Cara has to say. I think it's just a magnified version of what we predicted was going to happen, unrest. Because people are so... People have been messed around so much, and and I've thought about it more and more as I've heard various different people's stories, including... By the way, I've just been camping, so um, I spoke to somebody who owned... I have, I know. We're going to have to come back to that. (laughs) We are. Happy camper. 
<clears throat> so when when my youngest daughter was the same age that um, your daughter is now, we used to go camping, and she was she would insist on getting up in the middle of the night to have a wee, and this became so irritating that we eventually got what was known as Maddie's Po, which was like a little bucket that she could sit on to have a wee, so nobody had to be bothered to unzip the tent flap. Why was it called Maddie's Po? I don't know. It just seemed like the right name for it. It stuck, <laughs> and she'd get up in the middle of the night, undo this like little. It was like a little miniature dustbin that we'd found, which had a clip-on lid, so you could seal it. And she'd sort of undo the lid, sit on it, have a little wee, and then close it up again and go back to bed. And nobody had to get over, go out of the tent into the rain because it was always I raining. Could have done with mi- Mitzi's Poe. <laughs> you could marry Anna's Poe. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah. um, I'm going back to the camping story. I'll leave you to sit on that one. Okay. And, uh, and say that the campsite owner chatted to me. And her stories about dissatisfaction and um, job losses and people only being able to live in this part of South Devon if they rented part of their houses out... And this is really what's happening to people and not that many. I mean, if you, I know there's a big backlash against the the media at the moment. And this is where we come in, you and I, Ben, because we're a little bit freer to say what we want, as certainly are you with your new um, swearing backlash. (laughs) Um, But it just proves that real people are really quite confused and suffering quite a lot. And not everybody's had any help from the government um, and or any help from an employer who might have changed their employment status. No names being named there. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really tough times. And I think it comes out in people going out and then having an excuse just to go crazy. People want to let loose. People just want to cut cut back. They just want to feel that they are in charge of their own destinies. But I think everybody is utterly sick of being told this is what you must do this is how you must behave and I think the most annoying thing I mean I you know when I go to the supermarket now and I have to put on a mask I absolutely hate it I really hate I don't know I just really dislike wearing a mask I think it comes down to you know fundamental human contact is face to face we look at each other's faces and you know if anybody who's done any kind of mediation training as I had will, will know that verbal communication people between people counts for about 40% of, of all the interaction. 60% is non-verbal, that's body language, but more than anything, because we're so geared up towards looking at people's faces, for humans, it's around facial contact. If you can't see somebody's face, that's massively disempowering, and it's really unsettling and unnerving as well. Um, I mean, you know, one traditional method of control by um, any group has been to hide somebody's face. So, for example, um, when people are executed, they usually have a a hood put over their heads because that's to hide their faces. So we don't have to look at their face while that is happening. Um, Why? What happens when someone's executed? What happens to their face? Well, they will pull a face, but it will be distressing to look at. And we don't like to do that. We don't like to see faces in distress. We like to see faces that are happy. We like to see people that are smiling. Can I say, I've seen seen a, a death face... Oh, well done you. Hurrah. On a rat. A rat's death face. Where I've been, when I was living, I don't think I say this enough because I always go on about living in Devon, but um, I've lived in London for almost all of my life. Um, Very short, very very young life, of course. But no, that'll (laughs) that'll be about 40 odd years. And uh, I had a rat chucked in a trap over my 
well it wasn't my trap in my back garden and the rat had contorted in death and its facial expression is somewhat akin to what i would imagine when somebody's someone's being fried by an electric chair or listening pull, to this it podcast. was kind of mouth wide open <laughs> What do you call that when someone sort of stretches their face as long as possible with their mouth open and their eyes kind of rolling back? Isn't it the death mask? Is it the death mask? I don't know. I don't know what the death... I don't know. I mean, but... The, it was me kind of, during labour. I mean, I, I know we tend to do this, but we are straying from the topic here. I'm not sure death okay, rats turn into the your Yeah, so... So, but the point is, you know, so masks are very dehumanising. That's the point. If you can't see somebody's face, they become dehumanised. I think well, it's we're one going of the re- back to the other tangent you wanted to be on. Yeah, okay, so we're back. Yeah, my tangent is more relevant than your tangent. Go on then, tie it up. Okay, but and the point being, so this this in turn is leading to frustration. So I feel angry about having yeah. to do this stuff when I'm in the. Were supermarket. you on the rampage? That's no, not I too wasn't. far from you, Birmingham. I wasn't on a teenage rampage, but I'm... You're I'm, a teenage dirtbag. <laughs> a middle-aged rampage. I am aware that there is this... You, you have this anger and annoyance at being controlled, about being dehumanised, that builds up in you. And I can see that when you mix that with drink and people, it only would have needed one person to have a go at somebody else for not wearing a mask or some kind of, you know, petty official trying to wield a few ounces of power that would have caused a lot of people just to, to just to lose it. Now, we don't know, you know, what happened here. I mean, there are early suggestions that it might be terrorism rates. I can't believe that's the case because of what Cara Curran said in that clip where it was people, um, a, a huge mix of people, old people, young people, feet, men, women, um, and it just seems to have just well, been a Dominic collective Raab surge. Well, said on the BBC just afterwards that mm. he denies it being... He said he doesn't think it's terror-related yeah. either. Uh, absolutely. And, and yeah, we know it's not terror-related terror now. And I just think it was this kind of um, overwhelming um, explosion of just general almost untargeted rage and anger and frustration and irritation and annoyance. And all this came together. Um, and people just have had had enough and i think this is something that you know increasingly we are, we may well see this happening or what may uh, in a small way sort of the kind of things that lead to road rage type incidents is that kind of anger it's that kind of rage where you know all of the stuff that we build up around us all the stuff that society demands that you do sometimes just gets on your nerves and can cause you to just flip Okay, well, we should probably say for um, perhaps our international listeners as well what actually happened. A city in the UK, in the Midlands, has suffered a major incident, which um, within that there were a number of injured people and a number of people were witnessed by the person who spoke, our eyewitness, as having fist fights. And within that, there's car accidents and stabbings. Well, yeah, I mean, so so basically what happened is an area of Birmingham um, uh, call around uh, a place called Hurst Street, which is um, where the Chinese Quarter meets what's known as the Gay Village. It's a, a, an area that's busy with clubs and bars. And just after midnight at the weekend, um, there was just suddenly a large number of of, of fights broke out. People were stabbed. People were hurt. Uh, at least one man was killed. 
Another man and woman suffered serious injuries and there were several other people who received injuries not thought to be life-threatening. So so if effectively violence, as, as Cara explained, it was just looked to people who were there like there was just some kind of massive street brawl just involving literally everyone happening. Yes, and you said it, the Chinese quarter, if you will, and the gay area gay are village. two... Willage are two areas which are connecting sort of the rumour mill on social media, which is saying that it has something to do with race or it has something to do with um, anti, sort of hate crime, anti-gay. So who knows? Who knows? Will, time will tell. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I, think, and I think there's been a lot of irritation, certainly that I've seen, uh, around people saying, come on, police, why can't you tell us what exactly happened here more quickly? And... I think the police are are themselves struggling to work out because it almost seems that when you've got so many different groups, so many different people involved, it is quite difficult to see what the the, the central, if any, coherent motive there is to this. And this this is what's making me think that you have a people who are... You have really people who are out, who are frustrated, who have become increasingly fed up with how 2020 has panned out, if mm. I can put it that way. And I think a lot of us are on what you might call a bit of a hair trigger. And I see lots of things saying, oh, be kind, think about other people. And that's actually really true. We do need to do that. So our frustrations have built up that it, especially when you put alcohol into that mix, um, it doesn't take much for it to suddenly just you splurge out. Hey folks, Rob here from Fat, Drunk, and Stupid. And what is that, you ask? Well, aside from three words that describe my life, it's a podcast. We talk about food, fun, fellowship, movies, books, video games, pop culture, and much more. Also, some very interesting guests and some awesome stories. And of course, some cold beers along the way too. So look us up on Twitter at FDS Podcast 7 and look for Fat, Drunk, and Stupid wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. You should have seen me at the Seaview campsite. <laughs> I want to hear all about your camping trip. Where did you go? Um, I went to a really scenic little place in... Uh, who, who erected <laughs> you your like tent? This. It's Slapton. How could I forget? Slapton. <laughs> who erected and, your uh, tent? Did you put the tent up? Oh, no, that, that was um, a group effort. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I had very little to do with it other than all I've learned about camping was that there's, there is this, what was it called? Uh, Maddie's Poe Potty. <laughs> what was it called again? Maddie's Poe. Maddie's Poe. You need a major, this hoe needed a Poe. That's all I could say in the middle <laughs> of the night. And actually, so did Mitzi Jr. <laughs> all night, it was just freezing. And I think you really need to be in luxurious tent setups were you, to, were you for not it to glamping? be all right. No, but glamping costs a fortune. You may as well be in a hotel. So you weren't glamping. I'm just, well, again, <laughs> chuckling, thinking about the expression on your face every morning as you woke up and the tent was soaking and it was freezing cold and you had to find your way to the, the washroom block or something to have your morning cold shower. God, Tenko sprang to mind. <laughs> no, but seriously, OK, the on the plus side, you know I like to see a glass half full. <laughs> well, it was quite half. It was half full Your of Devon. Your glass is always half empty. 
my glass was very full of Devon mist because that's what <laughs> happened when I realised that I was camping for the next couple of days. Was it Devon mist? mist descended upon my head. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cider and it was lovely. Oh, good. At you least love a cider, a cider. At least the cider was there to, to get you through everything. And there was a sea view and the moon hit the sea on Thursday night and the, the view was lovely and I could see all the stars and the little one loved it and she made friends with the... <laughs> she became a stalker of the children in the tent next door and they couldn't do anything because the mother kept on sort of scooping them up and disappearing because <laughs> Mariana was on their doorstep every five seconds going, oh, bless hello her, how friends. Sweet. <laughs> Hello, friends, with her with her cuddly toy in her hand. Who wants to play tag? And you could see. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a few children would just rear off into the middle of the campsite running around. Oh, then at one point I saw them run off with glass beer bottles and had to reprimand them. It was, it was all really relaxing. She sounds like you arriving at a new job. Who wants to play tag? <laughs> with my empty beer bottle after five minutes <laughs> but yeah no it was that the views were nice and being next to nature you won't believe it but I did enjoy that and going to the beach was nice I arrived there just after there'd been some horrible stormy things which had blown all the other tents away so I felt a bit superior what does she know what does she say when she doesn't know their names what of other children yeah she just points at them and says you because when when my eldest daughter Josie was little, like two or three, and she was in the park, she just run up to her other children and she just say, "Hello, boy. Hello, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, boy. What's your name?" <laughs> well, that's good. Did she ever get it wrong? <laughs> I think they got it wrong about her. <laughs> no, because someone. Well, she said insisted that... on wearing. Uh, she insisted that all her ch- her clothes uh, were bought from the boys' department. <laughs> when she was really? little. Yeah. And then did she do girly clothes after that? Or did she stay with boy stuff? She kind of had a brief girly phase, but she's never been much of a girly. Yeah. Uh, like you. <laughs> Not quite. He's a big girl's blouse. I think I'd make a terrible girl. What is a big girl's blouse? I have got very lovely eyelashes, though. <laughs> Well, maybe everyone wants to see you. But if you look at Twitter, you can find Ben's lovely eyelashes. At YDLMF podcast. Podcast. I got it right for once. Well done, bravissima. Mm. So, okay, right. Back to the crime. So we just, it was an explosion of rage. We don't have many details so far. Okay, so so the next story we're going to talk about this week is a manipulative predator who killed two women and hid their bodies in a freezer. And this kind of comes back to what you do with the body, doesn't it, during lockdown? Because we were talking about um, sneaking the body out of the house and burying it somewhere. But of course, if you don't think your house is ever going to be searched by the police, you could just bung the bodies in the freezer and forget about them, I suppose. And by the way, we're always up for your BDTs, body disposal tips. Um, <laughs> we're certainly to... always up for those BDTs. You didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com. We've had some of the finest body disposal. We should compile that into a compendium. A compendium of doom. I knew you'd like the word compendium. Um, and I do think that Zahid Yunus, um, actually, he really isn't somebody whose tips that we want to follow, is he? <laughs> so let's just let's just fill in the crime. So he, his first, a woman called um, Henriette Juke uh, went to live with him in his home in Canning Town in 2016 she's from hungary originally and she was last seen in august 2016 and then she just disappeared 
Um, the second victim... Um, Can I say that the, she was a vulnerable person and she was known as Henny and a lot of her drawings and musings have been found since and um, they are quite sad. So if you have a look at them when you're listening to this, look up Freezer, Murderer. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they were vulnerable. I mean, there was both of the victims. The other victim is a lady called Mrahikan Mustafa and she hadn't been seen since May 2018. And both of these women um, had a drug addiction that they struggled with. And the prosecution at the trial of um, uh, this man, um, Zahid Yunis, said that they were easily manipulated by him and he had a history of preying on the vulnerable. Um, and I, I mean, well, there's one particularly tragic detail. If we talk about um, um, Ms Mustafa, um, she was um, a mother of three and uh, her family in a statement that was read out in court said that they had never stopped looking for her and that when she didn't appear at her daughter's 11th birthday party her daughter had sat in the corner crying her eyes out looking at photographs of her and reading her poems while screaming in her head where are you and what a tragic tragic detail that is so sad I know and Henny she also was a mother to, I think, three children. Uh-huh. But she gave them up for adoption in Hungary. So a, a difficult and hard life and very a very sad end to that, to this man who clearly preyed on other people's vulnerability. Yeah, um, I mean... Mm. Well, I mean, so, I mean, how did this get found out? Well, he himself disappeared. And after he disappeared, um, the police went round to his home and searched it. And it was when they noticed a strong smell and saw flies clustered around this freezer. They prized it open with a crowbar because it had been padlocked shut. And they found um, uh, the uh, the remains of, of, of the, um, the women. Um, and they would kind of both been sort of, you know put in the same freezer and the condition meant it was difficult to fully examine them but post-mortems revealed that both had um, numerous uh, injuries um, broken ribs uh, one had a broken chest plate and larynx um, so clearly they had suffered considerable violence um, before their deaths my goodness absolutely horrendous yeah and also the level of deception and lying sounds like these poor women fell for it until they were in a position that they couldn't get out he's also been he was once jailed for sexual activity with a child and violence against another teenage girl yeah, um, I mean this guy was this guy was on the sex offenders register as well so part of you starts thinking hang on a second shouldn't there have been a few more uh, red flags around him. Um... He was known to have called police uh, quite a few, about 20, 30 times, and that led eventually to them coming to his flat because he was on a register rather than actually trying to follow up on Ms. Zook's and Ms. Mustafa's deaths because they were discontinued, weren't they? Because Henriette Zook's went missing so many times that the police kind of I can safely say they gave up on pursuing looking for her. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look, if you read through the details of how this kind of eventually unravelled for him, it was because you know this bad smell had been noticed by um, uh, an electricity engineer who had 
to attended the house to sort of check the, the electricity meter. Um, he then made off. Um, he, he tried to mask this smell by with air freshener. He then um, he knew the police would be, were going to be on his tail. So he tried to escape, but he was arrested in Kensington in West London, an area I believe you know quite well. Um, I know it very well. Do you know, did it say any more about where? No, it didn't. But it was the West exact Kensington. Street. It, I it, doubt it, it was Kensington downtown where all the politicians live. Well, quite. It was West Kensington, and he was getting into a taxi, uh, but the cops um, arrested arrested him. And so, you know, the, the, he's been jailed now for life with a minimum term of 38 years. So what's very sad about these women is that not only the lives that they lived, but that they seem to be quite decent people and emotionally switched on people and uh, that makes it all the more sad i think yeah i mean they, they were living you know the, the court heard that they were living what, what this is kind of this this phrase that has come into use quite popular uh, quite often now and you hear it says they were living chaotic lives i'm not quite sure what that means i suspect that means that they uh, habitually used drugs or we know they had a dependency on class a drugs and i suppose they're the kind of women who you know, in culture would be attracted to bad boys. And somebody like, you know, Eunice with his, you know, who clearly was able to obtain drugs for them and clearly was not a nice person. There was evidence from other previous partners of his about how he'd be violent, manipulative. Um, and there seemed to be, um, you know, some people who kind of like that or want that and uh, get involved with people because they see them as having this roguish bad boy element that they feel is appealing. But you know, I don't know. Why would you do that? I don't understand. That's an interesting thing to conclude. I really wouldn't have thought Well, no, it's not a conclusion. That. It's a question. I don't know. I, I've got no conclusion to offer. I've just... Well, you said that you would guess that these were the type of women, which... I, I'm not sure about that point. I do know that Colin Sutton, who led the investigation into the Night Stalker and Levi Belfield murders, said that vulnerable people are preyed on. And in that case, it, he was referring to Delroy Grant's predilection for assaulting elderly people. And, um, and in this case, it happens to be women who are drug addicted and do lead chaotic lives. I'm not sure about their character choices that might possibly have come into it but you know we know that investigations were hampered by police being unable to investigate because of their erratic lives maybe that they were these types of people that they labeled as drug addicts maybe that was something to do with it i don't think it happens so much now i think the police are much more conscientious than perhaps they were 10 or 20 years ago but I certainly think that in the past police forces in general have been guilty of not necessarily investigating the deaths of certain individuals quite as assiduously as they might because they believe they are perhaps living these supposed chaotic lives perhaps. and that can go for drug users that can go for prostitutes uh, sex workers and so on but perhaps a little bit I think I think the dates that you've given maybe a little bit closer in date I mean Stephen Port the notorious gay killer we all know that that investigation was severely impeded by the fact that the police thought that they were only gay rent boys and that the investigating wasn't of paramount importance 
I mean, Absolutely, that, that's yes. been made yeah. public. And that was 2014 was one of them, 15. So well, in the last decade, in, in the last decade, in, fair in enough. Closer in date yeah. than... Yeah. Okay, fair enough then. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'd, I'd like to think, I would like to think that uh, the police are getting uh, better at that and are less ready simply to dismiss someone as being less worthy of attention because they are a drug user or they are a sex worker or they live, in inverted commas, a chaotic life prejudice and and what Colin Sutton said I mean he kind of confirmed it didn't he and he headed these massive investigations so and he's the manhunter yeah absolutely I I mean I think this is an issue and I think this is something that um, as I said I like to think the police are getting better at this but I still suspect that there will be people who are um, living these chaotic lives and who are perhaps drug addicts or sex workers and if they die or disappear um, it's quite possible that given that the police have limited resources if you've got two cases and you've got a, a sex worker or a drug addict who's disappeared and nobody's raising a fuss about it and you've got some kind of, you know, sensible middle-class person and you've got Twitter campaigns and you've got Facebook groups and you've got their parents giving press conferences and being quite well informed, which one are you going to put more of your resources into? I'm well, afraid yes. that's a practical reality. It's unfair. It's completely unfair, but it is but the reality. I think we come round in a circle to the Birmingham violence and what's happened in recent times has been that police resources, as you say, were being cut and cut and cut in a devastating manner. And at the same time, you had COVID then coming in and causing police to have to sort of man people's activities. And I certainly know that round here, that was it was impossible to get a police visit within a day from when things happened around here as you know there have been some some of the um neighbors have have been involved in illegal activities so all of that together has made for intent on trying to say for example step up conviction rates on sexual offenses and hate crimes i think things went a few steps forward and then a few steps back because of all the stuff that I've just said you know it's had a huge impact on the police the machine isn't really working I've got to say Mm. not when I've tried to call the police about basic things you know sitting in a flat in London when I last got burgled and that just about says it all for the entire night with a baby with an unlocked smashed window you know uh, yeah, and I, I, they turned up at five a.m. saying they didn't have the resources. They just can't do it, really. Well, and that's because I mean I don't know if you've ever read um, a book called Wasting Police Time. There's there mm. is an increasing expectation of certain sectors of society that the police can solve all their problems and that the most trivial thing requires a police call. And the police are often sent to deal with thing issues that actually should be dealt with by social workers or should be dealt with that are around people with, for example, mental health issues for whom the support isn't there. And for this reason, it's often the case that the police are stretched thinly because they're trying to do just too many things um i should just say by the way that while we've been talking i've noticed that the police have said they are hunting for a single suspect in relation to the um birmingham stabbings are they okay so that might put a did you get a flash that 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 might put a slightly different complexion on things but you know um more will um emerge i'm sure over the coming days and weeks my goodness almost Mm. live crime updates (laughs) anyway it's been good (laughs) Yep, um, and I'd like to know how long you can run for, <laughs> off topic, how long you can okay, run so for before you collapse. We, 
Okay, so you know that I've been with my eldest daughter, who's a bit of a gym bunny. I've been hitting the gym recently and trying to actually get myself in shape. And in terms of becoming toned, that's great. But <clears throat> I'm afraid my cardio has always been poor. I've always been a sprinter, not a long distance runner. I could at school, I could. Do you sprint do lots pretty... of sprinting then? <laughs> No, not anymore. <laughs> at school, I was a really good sprinter, but honestly, I could I couldn't run for shit. When Are you it came a hare sort of or a tortoise? I'm definitely a hare. I'm certainly not. A, well, no, I'm a I'm a I'm a sprinter <laughs> with the space of a tortoise. No, but no. Okay, so if you want to, me to ask, okay, I can run for barely two and a half to three minutes before I'm puffed out. Before you're puffed, daddy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pathetic, isn't it? I need to improve. I'm just too lazy. I don't like running. I, lo- I, love, I like going to the gym and doing weights, but I hate just running. Oh, running. I'm going for a run. Oh, I like to run. Oh. <laughs> I Ooh, does it? There are lots of people running in Plymouth, I've got to say. like, And the, the, what's embarrassing is that I said I was all fit and I do all these. I, I cross-train, so do various different bits I kind of I like to dance quite a lot and get a lot of fitness through that but I do sort of weights and that kind of thing as well more for endurance rather than strength like you Ben just to show Uh off those guns Um, but then then I'll drive past some kind of old granny who is doing more of a run than I ever could (laughs) so and I thought actually this is a common thing I thought I bet because I know some of the regular listeners to our podcast are sportive individuals, but I bet people who are into sport are into to, true crime. I don't know why. Prove me wrong, maybe. <laughs> at YDLMFpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I don't know, because I think there are a lot of people I know who are quite significantly into sport have that kind of thrill factor thing. You know, I, they want true to crime see... A thrill? Well, they want to explore thrills, I think. It's a tenuous link. <laughs> admittedly but um i'd like to know and then if if you tell me that you're you're all a bunch of like cream cake scoffing armchair bandits <laughs> then that'll put me wrong won't it it will anyway okay. bye bye victoria know... oh, oh you don't sorry, know how long i run for all I'd our like, exciting I would, news. Yes, I would like to know how long you run for. Sorry, yes, of course, I would like. I desperately know how long you run for. What about our exciting exclusive news? Oh, God, silly me. Carry on. So how long oh can my, you run you for? Oh, you are very silly. How long can you run for? <laughs> I can run for about 20 minutes when my knee is good. 20, 30 minutes. But I can run for longer on a treadmill. I find running on concrete, I've broken toes on it and twisted ankles. How long can you run with a Zimmer frame? Oh, no, I can run much faster on a mobility scooter. (laughs) And at the same time, I can try and knock people out of the way like Skittles. (laughs) What's our big news? Don't you know? What is our big news, Ben? I don't know. I need you to tell me. Our big news is, well, we've got got two bits of big news. The first is we are going to be interviewing my friend Alistair, who has written a book about being a police officer. It's really interesting. Well, maybe we can talk to him about police cuts. I think we can talk to him about that sort of stuff as well. He was working in Ipswich at the time of the Stephen Wright murdered the five prostitutes. So we can talk to him about that. That's a fantastic case. Mm. It's amazing. Uh, So we talked to Alistair about his experiences. And the other big piece of news I'll let you tell us about. We are going to be, the serial killer obsessed are going to be serialised on podcast radio and that'll be next week. So have a look for our little faces and all our nonsense on podcast radio. There are a few chosen bits about us and a new interview from us. Uh, Did you write that? What, just now? 
yeah, the bit about the serial killer's obsessed serialization or whatever it was. No, you said. I was thinking it when you went off on one of your uh, diatribes. Uh, I see what you did there. Very clever. I like it. So, um, have you done anything exciting in the past week? Um, You've got your dad around at the moment, haven't you? <laughs> I had to go and pick my dado up from the aer- the aeroporto. He's back from Sicily. And a little bit later, we're going to have lunch with him, which will be nice. Um, Is so that Return of the Macaroni? <laughs> return of the Maco. Return of the Mario. Yeah, he's back. And Super it's better Mario. Than ever. Super Mario. <laughs> he's back and better than ever. But he's, he's got this thing where he's... <clears throat> so he's got his house here in, in the UK and his house in Sicily. And he can never decide. When he's in Sicily, he wants to be in the UK. When he's in the UK, he wants to be Sicily. He's never happy where he is. So he'll always... When, uh, when I next see him, I'm sure he'll be saying, honestly, Ben, I'm looking forward to going back to Italy now. Um, because you know he'll be fed up with the. I mean, we're in, we're hitting September now, and so the weather's you know getting a lot worse, and so he's going to soon get rap- rapidly get fed up with the weather in England, and be whingy about how hot it is in Sicily. And of he's course, a bit of a rover, your dad, isn't he? <laughs> he's a rover and a he, raver. He drives a flashy car and has loads of birds. <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure I should be saying that at a public forum. Yes, he drives a flashy car. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it is his own private kingdom. It certainly is. I dread to think what he gets up to. I know he went round Sicily with his um his his his, his latest um, lady friend. Right. Well, this is the thing. There's never the same lady friend. <laughs> He's not putting them in a freezer, is he? <laughs> I don't think so. I think. Uh... Oh, Ben. I'm the... <laughs> Can you help and me? And it was happening under his nose. No, I'm pretty sure. He hasn't got a freezer, actually. He hasn't got a chest freezer, anyway. He's got a small freezing section at the top of his fridge. How old is your dad? Um, he is 78 or 79. I can never remember. He's nearly 80. Let's just say he's nearly 80. The old dog. <laughs> Cattivo. <laughs> certo. Veramente. Right, well, that's a lovely story to end on. Yeah, you can hear more of us on podcast radio. Don't forget. Yay. <laughs> and you can see more of us on at YDLMF. Oh, I should probably say thanks for listening because we really do mean that. And thanks for supporting. Our Twitter people are going up considering we haven't been around for uh, hardly any time in terms of other podcasts' shelf life. Thank you for following and supporting and listening and everything that you do. You're all lovely. The pod community is great. And our listeners, we love you. We do. We love you all. <laughs> you don't. I hate you. You just hate. Oh, and by the way, I finished watching The Fall with oh, Gillian okay. is Anderson. That, is that and good? It was absolutely brilliant. However, and this is it. No spoilers. It, yeah. Well, I was left wanting. Okay. Well, that's always good. Leave them wanting more. Do you like... Is it as good as The Bridge? Oh, The Bridge will always be in my heart. Oh, The Bridge is the best ever. I'm, I'm re-watching it. I'm re-watching The Bridge. I just yes, love it so much. Malmue. Yeah. Sagan Naren, Bletta Politi Malmue. Oh, fabulous. Right, bye-bye, Victoria. Bye.